All right, we are back at it here in the courtroom of current events on Peter's Proffer, and we are finally talking about reopening Florida. Governor DeSantis has a step-by-step plan to reopen the state. A lot of other states are doing something similar, so we're going to talk about what that looks like, what the plan is, what's going to open, how it's going to open, and whether or not we think this is a good idea. So we want to thank everybody for listening to us through this corona time. We've been trying to put out a lot of content that uh, can be beneficial to the community. They can listen, they can learn, they can take the appropriate steps, and we we will continue to do that as we get life back to normal. We'll continue to give you our advice on how to act at work, on how to act with your employees and your employers and what to do on the roads and what's changed about the new world we have after the corona and after this quarantine. So if you have any specific questions you want us to answer about the quarantine, corona, or anything else, you can find us on all social media at Tragos Law, or you can send me an email, petertragos at greeklaw.com. All right, so we're talking about Florida reopening after this stay-at-home period and this quarantine period. I've got my dad and I've got Pete Sardis here with me. We've reviewed what Governor DeSantis said. Uh, We've read through some other people's analysis and what they think about it, and we're here to give you ours. So, Dad, why don't you first just talk about what the name of the plan is, uh, when it's going to start, and what DeSantis is kind of wanting to do with this? Well, like any good plan, you have a catchy phrase. And his is safe, smart, step by step. And it's supposed to convey the fact that we're not doing this suddenly, that we're doing this in steps gradually. And it's going to start May 4th. Uh, and it's going to be phase one is what he called it. Right. So it's it's not going to be a, okay, Florida's open, everybody go back to work, everybody get back to normal. Um, there are going to be certain things that change in May 4th. Um, and I think Pete, before we get into what that step-by-step plan looks like, is this going to be mandated and the same through all the counties in Florida, or what's that going to look it, like? It is not. Interestingly enough, um, Miami-Dade, Palm Beach, and I believe Broward are all excluded from this because they were considered hot zones, and because of the volume of, uh, of COVID uh, infections in those areas, this does not apply to them. Now, what I don't know, and we're going to see how this works out, is it's going to be the rest of the state, but I can already feel some of the pushback uh, on some of the municipalities not wanting to do some of these things. Well, I mean, we just found out that Hillsborough County has already extended their stay-at-home order to May 15th. Right. Now, that was before DeSantis kind of came out and made his announcement, but I think each county is going to kind of do what they want, and some mayors have said that they appreciate the fact that DeSantis has allowed them to kind of make the best decision for their cities, counties, things like that. A lot of the counties and some of the county commissioners in Hillsborough have publicly come out and said, well, we may amend our date now to be in conformity with the state plan. Right. And I think that's the point of what DeSantis is doing is the the counties and cities that want to fall in line, they will have a basis to do so. They will have a plan to follow. They can kind of just continue on to what DeSantis is saying for Florida. And it's important because we're going to focus on Florida. That's where we're at. That's what just happened. That's what we know kind of what's going on. But a lot of other states are going to follow suit and do similar things to what we're doing. So, Dad, why don't you talk about some of the specifics that DeSantis mentioned and how we're going to start May 4th and what it's going to look like as we're quote unquote reopening Florida? Well, first off, Florida is not going to be as 
open as, let's say, Georgia. Right. There's other states that are going to be far more open than we are. He is doing it, again, more gradually, uh, if that's a correct phrase, uh, than a lot of other states are. For instance, the restaurants. Uh, Places like that will be able to have 25% seating capacity inside the restaurant. It's important to know that because they'll be able to have outside seating as long as they do the CDC guidelines, which are six feet apart between the tables and the chairs. So that's the biggie. Um, There's a lot of others like the beaches be open again as long as they conform to the CDC guidelines. Okay, and Pete, are there still going to be certain things that are no-goes and that are going to continue to be shut down even after we you know, gradually reopen? Yeah, the close contact stuff, bars, fitness centers, um, hair salons, things like that are still going to be closed. Movie theaters. Movie theaters. Anywhere, think of it, anywhere where there's close contact. And it's just basically impossible to social distance uh, in, those, in those places. I think we should realize that he went against his advisory board. His advisory board said it was okay to do the gyms and the hairstyling. Uh, but he rejected their recommendation and did not expand the openness as far as that. Yeah, I think I agree with him on the, on the gyms, even though I miss going to my gym. It's kind of gross. I mean, I mean gyms, are, gyms are pretty much gross in general. Right. Even when I go to mine, it's like the sweat on all the seats and all that sure. stuff. Sure, how many hundreds of people walk through a gym on a regular basis? It's going to be a long time before I ever shower at my gym again, too. I think too. you're right. Um, so, and speaking of that, uh, the other things that are going to continue is school is going to continue to be online. And he said that uh, wearing masks is going to become the standard and become the norm in our area. And I've heard a lot of people talk about how we're going to look like China where everybody's walking around with masks now. But again, that's only a recommendation on the mask. The mask is not a mandatory provision. Correct. But he, but he did say that, that masks are standard and he's, we're going to expect people to wear masks around. But with that being said... Uh, did he mention whether or not there's going to be any criminal action or any fines or anything if they if you're seen without a mask? No, I don't remember him uh, saying anything like that, and he hasn't enacted anything that will allow it to be criminal, like a lot of the local jurisdictions. Well, yeah, have. he actually did say you're not going to get fined if right. you don't have a mask on. So even though they want it to be the standard, they want people to take that extra precaution, you're not mandated to do that, and you're not going to be fined or arrested if you're walking around without a mask. The other area, too, when we talked about things that are allowed are the non-emergency surgeries. That's going to be a big money producer for these hospitals that have had to reserve all these bells, uh, beds for the coronavirus that never really materialized to fill the hospitals up. I was just with um, a doctor and I, I was talking to him about what the coronavirus looks like in the ERs. And he says that some of these ERs are so dead because they send everybody away, they plan for all these coronavirus people, and he's had three coronavirus people in the last two months come through that emergency room, and all the PA's hours are cut, his hours are cut, and they have nothing to do, and they're so dead. And it's a big ER that you'd expect a lot of people to come to, and he's saying, yeah, we dress up in the hazmat suits basically every day, and we never come into in contact with anybody that has it. So, I mean, it's they have really set up for a worst case scenario, which, you know, plan for the worst and hope for the best. That's basically what these hospitals did. But a lot of them have been dead um, during this time. Uh, And now that some of this stuff is going to pick up, and I think people will be more, because you know, people are avoiding going to the ER. You know, you you get hurt or you get sick, you're not going to the ER. You're not going to put your put yourself in harm's way. I think maybe that will start to change now as as Florida starts to reopen. Because right, they were worried, I actually saw some news coverage locally, that a lot of people that really should have gone to the ER, for example, are having a cardiac event or right. a stroke, they just didn't do it. Right. 
Well, and yeah, we know people that have gotten in car accidents and been sent away from urgent cares and ER because of the the need to keep these beds open, basically. And keep in mind that the economics, these hospitals make their money off of the elective surgery, off of people going into the ER with things that are serious but not that serious so that they can get all the insurance payments, they can get all the money from all of these things. And that money's not coming in now. So the hospitals are really hurting. Okay, so when we talk about you know this smart, safe, step-by-step plan, um, it's going to be taken in phases. We'll kind of go through each phase as it comes and talk about what we think. But before we talk about whether or not we agree with the plan, whether or not we think it should be Florida should be reopening at this point, why do you think DeSantis, Trump, you know, all the politicians are thinking about reopening states now? Why are they doing this? Why don't we just keep the shutdown on? Well, because I think what they have found except for the hot spots, is they have found that the expectations of how bad this was going to be, and I think a lot of it is a media-driven expectation, didn't materialize. It didn't happen. Uh, DeSantis looked at Jacksonville as a prime example. Jacksonville opened their beaches a little while ago, and they haven't had an uptick. They haven't had an increase. They haven't had the problems that everybody with the gloom and doom people were talking about. And there is some damage to the economy that is really, really bad. Uh, we've, we're, I think 2008 was the last time we collapsed this much. And so it's going to have to come back. We've got to start somewhere, even though, and I know you'll talk about it, there, this is not a perfect plan, but we've got to start somewhere in order to revitalize the economy. Understand that we are now at a level of unemployment that we haven't seen since the Depression. And people need to go back to work because at the end of the day, we didn't, sh- we always talk about the shutdown. We did not shut the country down. We shut down people from being able to go to work, but we didn't shut down their bills. We didn't shut down the rent. We didn't shut down the utilities. So people still owe that stuff. Even, even the stuff that was, you know, delayed or even some of the stuff that you don't have to pay for, or you can push your mortgage payment or interest or whatever. The, you still owe it. It, it's still coming. And, you know, some pe- a lot of people lost their jobs and they're not going to get those jobs back. Some people are going to get their jobs back with less hours, so less money coming in. So all that's going to happen. And I think the main point that DeSantis was saying, you know, when he did his joint press conference at the White House of President Trump, he talked about how he didn't really like um, what some other states did. And people said that Florida was going to be the next New York or Italy. And they said that, you know, it's coming there and it's coming bad. And the media really pumped it up. But like you said, I think that that was really overblown. I think DeSantis did the right thing in, you know, following the CDC guidelines, following the national emergency guidelines, doing the safer at home orders, things like that, because it made people realize that this is real and you need to take it seriously. But at the same time now, he's kind of, uh, being one of the front runners to put this reopening plan back in place, especially with some hotspot cities, because, you know, not some of the states that have the hotspot cities are really slow to, to do this reopening. Well, remember, DeSantis was also one of the last ones to do the stay at home order. Right. Uh, so and he, he was criticized for that. Yet again, the explosion never materialized in coronavirus deaths. You know, you got to respect the guy. At the end of the day, what kind of talk, think about the difficulty of the decision to tell the people, your constituents, that they can no longer make money, they can't go out, they can't live their lives. So I respect the fact that he was slow to shut it down, and I also respect the fact that he's fast to turn it back on. But I think he recognizes that we just don't have enough information. Yeah, and and the, the day he did it, sadly, was one of the highest death days in Florida. We had a lot of deaths that day, and a lot of you know new coronavirus. 
individuals that were found with it. Um, so it was not a, a you know good day for that statistically. You've got to look at Florida across the board, and we are one of the better and safer states in the country. Yeah, and I think all that stuff can be fudged, and you can argue whichever way you want on a lot of the, the numbers and whether or not some state has more testing than another well, state. And, you know. and, and you're right, the numbers... They, what they say is sometimes the Saturday and Sunday numbers don't come in until Tuesday. Yeah, and, so, and whatever. So, yeah, so, so. The, the point being, though, is it? I don't think it was as bad as people thought it was going to be. And again, we're not jumping back in full force. We're just kind of doing this slow step-by-step process. So now, what what do you think? Do you think this is a good plan? What do you think would make it better? What do you think is good about it? What do you think is bad about it? Pete, why don't you go first? Yeah, I think it's a good plan because at the end of the day, let's be real, we have absolutely no clue what's going to happen because the experts have no clue what's going to happen. And I think it's better to to do it gradually because if we do determine that there is an uptick in Florida and we do start seeing more issues, it's a lot easier to shut down a, you know, 25% restaurant than tell them to shut down 100% again. It's a good plan, but I think people didn't realize the trouble that this plan is going to cause. For instance, the restaurants. Uh, I saw some restaurant people interviewed. And my family, as you know, we always had restaurants. And I understand what they were saying. If you're going to open 25%, all right, which employees do you hire back? And which ones don't you hire back? Can you find your old waiters, the really good guys, or do they get jobs somewhere else doing something else? They just got their first unemployment checks. Plus the $600 on top of the unemployment check. I talked to somebody the other day that got $120 of wages plus $600 in the employment check. And her employer is making her come back one day a week. So she's going to lose all that unemployment, all the $600 bonus is what they called it. And and another thing that the, again, restaurants is the supply chain. These restaurants didn't keep meat in their their refrigerators all this time. They had to go buy their new produce. It's interesting you say that. There's a couple of restaurants that I frequent a lot, and one of them had actually sent out an email, and they weren't saying, come to our restaurant and we'll, you know, curbside meal what they were saying is come pick up steaks yeah because yeah. they had to get that stuff out of the cooler the question and i get your dad's point is how much do you buy because you have to restock well that's the problem and we we talked to mike baskovich who owns the the greek salads um restaurant famous greek and we talked to him about how hard it was to create a plan with 50 percent capacity which then changed to zero overnight basically but they have to create a whole new plan of how much food they're going to make they've got to guesstimate who's going to actually show up and what does 25 percent capacity really mean if you have outdoor seating because that means it could go up to what you had 100 percent. it could go to 50 percent. it could go to 70 percent. so you don't even know it's not like it's really just going to be 25 percent because those numbers could change with the outdoor seating and, and do you have a full menu in other words, do you recreate the menu you had before, or do you have a pared-down menu so that you can handle it? And don't forget the fear. There's still fear out there. I understand that. Sure, Monday, people aren't going to show up. That's the key. When do people start showing up? Yeah, I mean, I think there will be some that do, but it's definitely not going to be the normal crowds that always show up everywhere they always used to show up. But yeah, I think that's the hard part is for these businesses to figure out because some bills don't matter when you're only at 25% like electricity. And rent. If you were getting a rent delay because you couldn't use the building at certain businesses, now that you can use 25% for retail stores, does your rent go back to 100%? Because now you're going to pay more in rent than you're making. Do you just stay closed during this initial period that it can only be 25% occupancy? That type of stuff is difficult because if your bills go back up to 100% and you're only allowed to do 25% of business, it may not even be worth it for you to open up. What is, friend, what does a Macy's do? 
What right. is twenty five percent? So we know how many people do they let in the, Macy's? Count the amount of people. Right, but what what is there? Do they count the whole day total? No, they it's do capacity, it by hour by hour. No, it's capacity of people in the store at one period of time. So if you if you know if your capacity is four hundred people, you can only have a hundred people. What that's if what if you're, you're what if you're daily you had daily a thousand people in your store? No, that's not how it works. It's got to be individual time capacity, and they, and they have a capacity or an occupancy of the room. The hard part is keeping people six. Have feet you seen apart. that guidance? Because I've seen people complain that they don't have that kind of guidance. That they I don't. I don't. In. I don't think it's. Um. I don't think it's explicit in any rule. But I think that's. I mean, that's the whole point. Stores are already limiting the number of people in it. Oh, sure. But I don't know if I would interpret it the same way you did. Well, that's the only way you really can. Uh, doing a doing a daily doesn't make any sense because then you could have a thousand people there at once, which is obviously breaking the guidelines. I promise you, there's absolutely no way. And, and we use Mace as an example. A hundred thousand square foot retailer is ever going to be able to control the CDC guideline, six feet apart, a hundred, you know, twenty five percent. How many people left? How many people came in? Where are they all standing? Well, they can they can absolutely limit people coming in or leaving. Yeah, for sure. That, that's not that hard. What's harder is when they're in the store, right. making sure they're staying six feet apart. That's the harder part. But all these stores have you know blue lines on the ground saying don't stand here or stand there. So you know it's going to be very difficult for some of these stores to figure out what twenty five percent means. But a couple other questions I wanted to get to that people are going to have about this is what do you do? about your daily life and your normal work and things like that. Now that it's slowly reopening, if you don't, if you're a person that does not agree with reopening, you don't agree with this plan, but your boss is now making you come to work, what do you do? If you are capable of working remotely and you don't feel comfortable, I think you have the right to communicate with your employer and try to work something out. At the end of the day, your employer at your actual work is still going to be liable for keeping you uh, within CDC guidelines. So if you cannot reasonably CDC guideline, meaning six feet away and all that stuff, at your place of employment, I think you are not, uh, you're not pushing the envelope. Yeah, I don't know. That was very confusing. Like well, there were so many negatives if you in if, that. You're, if your job can't keep you within six feet of your other employees uh, based on CDC guidelines, then I think you coming in is not a big what, what not if your a job for you. what if your job can keep you six right feet? I couldn't under, I didn't and understand the, where you and your employer says come back and you say I don't feel safe I think your answer is and this is my answer none of this is legal advice we're just discussing what we think because these rules are not explicit enough to have the the full answers we haven't litigated yeah that's yet. what litigation's for but in my opinion your boss can absolutely make you come to work if he can follow cdc guidelines and he takes the right precautions he can force everybody to wear masks sit six feet apart you know have some kind of extra cleaning in place but he can absolutely make you come to work and it's an at will right to work state if you don't feel comfortable you can quit your job, you can stay home, and he can't force you to keep working for him. Well, uh, Senator McConnell today mm-hmm. came out with a suggestion that they're going to pass a bill uh, saying that you cannot sue based on having to come back to work if your employer brings you back, as right. long as the employer complies with CDC guidelines. And, that's, and, they, and I think that they, because right now we're just kind of spitballing our idea and how we'd attack it if, if this situation came up. I absolutely, you know, being on rules committees, there is a necessity for a rule to either like what Pete's saying, if you can work from home, you as an employer have to let your employee work from home, either do that or say you have to come into work if your employer requests or forces you to come into work and you can't sue because of that. So now the real sticky situation is going to come when somebody does contract the virus, 
how are they going to prove whether they got it at work or somewhere else? And, you know, what, what happens then? And the question is, does that become a work comp case anyway if it happened at work? So you're not going to be able to see. How do you prove it happened at work? Though? I have no clue how you would ever be able to prove where you got a passenger from. Well, let me say there are ways you can. For instance, if you've how never about the nursing homes? These people are restricted to their rooms in the nursing homes. They don't go out. They don't leave. They eat all their meals but that, there. But that's my point. You can't do that with work. No, but you can do it in certain situations. You'll be able to prove where you got the virus. Okay, but specifically talking about work, if you're coming to work, you're at more than one location every right. single day. And if you live with anyone that works, it's over. Sure. I mean, you there's too many the factors. You went and got gas. You went and saw your your family members who also went to their jobs and right. had contact with their people. It doesn't mean that lawsuits aren't going to be filed. Oh, sure. I'm sure they will. <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's why I think there does need to be some kind of, you know, legislation on how we're going to handle this coronavirus. If we really do want to get the economy back up and running, I mean, I think employers need to be smart. And if you can let your people work from home, let them work from home for as long as you can until the state actually opens back up. If they want to come back in and work in the office, that's one thing. But if they want to stay home and they want to work from home and you can make it happen, I think you should make it happen until the country is, you know, reopened and the national emergency is kind of lifted and courts are open and, you know, things are back to normal. Then I think obviously you're, you're safe to go there. Well, wait a minute. So what happens in a situation like what's happening in Hillsborough County? So Monday, restaurants can go to 25%. But that's not what Hillsborough County said. They said May 15th, total shutdown still. Hillsborough is a prime example of where the people, the elected officials, are already talking about going along with the governor. Um, The mayor, uh, Castor, she says that she thinks the governor's plan is a good plan. Some of the county commissioners have already said that. And some of the people, they have this executive emergency group in Hillsborough um, that establishes all this stuff. I forget the name of the group. But some of them have already said they think the governor's plan is a good plan. And we know they're not afraid to go back on something they put right, in place two days later. <laughs> so you think in the next few days we're going to see some of them turn around? But I what would so. happen? Let's say let's say that didn't happen. What rules? The, the governor's plan or the individual you know, mayoral or emergency council for a certain county? The individual does for two reasons. Individual what? Individual county uh, would do it because the governor in his order even says the individual counties can pass their own So the individual county's rule is above the state's rule. Right. And the individual counties also have a criminal punishment assigned to theirs where the governor didn't put one in his order. So the point is the, the individual county rule over the state rules because they have that autonomy to run the counties as, as they see fit. And again, that's because each individual county has separate needs and, and things that they want and their constituents put those people in place specifically to run their counties. So yeah, I think that's important to know and we'll see if it changes. It wouldn't really make much sense to go against what the governor said, especially when he set out some of the hotspot counties already saying that they're not going to follow this order. And, and by the way, the hotspot counties, almost to a mayor, to a county commissioner, all agree, keep us separate don't make us part of this order. Right. And that makes that makes sense. Well, between you and me, Broward, Dade, and Palm, Palm Beach, Beach are always separate. They're their own state. Florida, right? yeah. South Florida. Yeah. Right. All right. So that's everything we've got on Florida reopening. We'll do another podcast as the next phases come in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this one, and we'll be back with you next time. On that midnight train.